What's up, everybody? I'm Jesse. Sitting across from me is Jay Purcell, the founder of Signal Radio. And that makes this Roots to Grooves. You know it. Welcome. What's up? What's up, Jay? What's up, everybody? Good to hear you here again. Yes. Another week. Hyped. Who are we talking about? We're talking Hyped. about Young the Giant. Yes. Super cool band out of the USA. Um, started in 2004 in Irvine, California. Mm-hmm. We're doing al- alter- alternative rock, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, you know, very good indie rock. It's it's anthems, like mm-hmm. big, mm-hmm. pretty big stadium tracks even. Yeah. But they still retain this really cool low-key indie sound yeah. within there. Yeah. And they can get, they're really uh, dynamic. And yeah. they can get soft, they can get loud, turn up the energy, um, but also be very like kind of introverted uh, as far as the music goes mm-hmm. um, and really just chill and introspective. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Initial thoughts? Or bombastic as well sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to three of their albums so far, their debut, their second, and I think some of their most recent album. Mm-hmm. Uh, their second album, high energy for me. I, I would go on and tell everyone that's a certified banger. Yeah. That, that album, it's like high energy. Uh, mind over matter mind over yeah mind over matter it's high energies a lot of it's definitely indie rock and it's not like heavy but mm-hmm. it's just very like it's just like a lot going on a lot of ideas yeah. in all those different tracks and i loved it yeah i thought that was like i was like yeah i was getting into it mm-hmm. i was just like working and listening to it and i was like I gotta, okay i gotta play this again because you know with any music listening to it the first time around hits you a certain way but once you to a second third you start like mm-hmm. having preferences for certain tracks and stuff like mm-hmm. that like i'm not there quite yet with young and the giant but they but as you said anthems there's like a lot of like catchy things and, mm-hmm. and sing-along moments in all of their songs yeah. and stuff like 100 yeah. percent. i think they yeah. just overall production of their music is very is very high grade mm-hmm. good melodies good hooks yeah um like intricate guitar parts and melodies yeah within the you know, within the music and the instruments themselves. Uh, and they just create really cool vibes. Yeah. Like, like you said, a lot going on sometimes, but I think it's done very tastefully. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to talk about Young the Giant today because I, for all of these reasons that you're saying, mm-hmm. I just think they have a really cool project, a really cool mindset. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously we're going to get into it, mm-hmm. but where these guys are coming from, um, they're coming from around the world. One guy's from Canada, one guy's from... Uh, England. Where, yeah, he's British. Yeah. yeah. Um, Samir is, uh, the lead singer and he's, a um, Indian, uh, family, right? Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, he's Asian. If you're yeah. from India, you can say they're Asian. Yeah. Well, is I that mean, that's right? what we say in UK and Europe, but ever since I got to the US, Asian's mm-hmm. a different thing. <laughs> yeah. It does mean something like, a little bit different. Yeah. But technically, yeah, still part of but he's Indian. Asia. Yeah. But and um, just very cool. So these guys are coming from like kind of all over the world, different perspectives. Yeah. Um, but sharing this love of music and created, they've created a really cool project called Young the Giant. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, they played big festivals. Yeah. I've, I've seen them play at Marymore Park. Oh, really? That was a great yeah. show. When did you see them? It was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Is see that the, did you the first time you heard of them then, or uh, I heard of them a couple of years before that. Probably they were in in the Zeitgeist. They were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my other um, ex-buddies of mine. Ex-buddy? Well, yeah. There's a story there, people. <laughs> ex-buddy. Oh, we'll get into it later. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. yeah, there is a story. <laughs> um, but we both liked Young and the Giant, so they did this headline show, and we went to it, and it was very good. Right. Everything I could have hoped it would be. It sounds like the records. That's cool, yeah. Really high energy, yeah. cool music. Yeah. The vibe was there. Right. Yeah. Um, so just like, I really like Young the Giant. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. a fan, low-key. High key. Yeah. High key. Yeah. Um, really good project all the way around. Yeah. Five members. Right? Five members. Uh, Samir, as you said, on vocals. Mm-hmm. Gidea, is that his last name? Yeah. Some of these names are a little... Yeah. Godhia. Godhia. Okay. Uh, Jacob Tilly. I think he's a guitarist. He is mm-hmm. from the UK originally. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Kanata. Payam... 
Oh, so difficult last name. Sorry, mm. Deuce, Deuce De. I'm like, Deuce, I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. Deuce De. Yeah. And Francois Comtois, who is the Canadian member, well, I'm guessing, with a French name like that. I, yeah, right. I think okay. so. Yeah. And they've had a few lineup changes over yes. the years from when they've started. There's a few members that are there now that have been there since the beginning. Mm-hmm. But um, but another yeah. thing, just to jump yeah. off that, like the, at least three or four of these guys knew each other from middle and high school. Right. So yeah, it's yeah. a really like a true friend group, yeah, like yeah. really sharing music yeah. and just moving through this process together, which I think is cool. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, one, two, three, four studio albums since 2010 all the way up to all oh, five now, is it five albums? They need to update their um, someone needs to get on their Wikipedia and update that. Because maybe that's our job these days. Or maybe, or maybe, maybe something else as strange is happening here. What is what is what? this Act One and Two? Well, that's what I'm, that's what I was going to say. I think they released Act One yeah. as a project, and yeah. then they released Act Two as if they were like two separate EPs. Oh, and then they got and then they together. merged them together as a full album. Okay, yeah, because that came out in 2022. Um, but yeah, people were not updating their discogs or their Wikipedia. So I don't know. I feel like, people are busy <laughs> these days in this economy, other, Jay. Other things to do yeah. than uh, worry about. I better update my own Wikipedia. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have one yet. Anyway, by the way, listeners out there, if you want to help us out, write a Wikipedia page for us. Yeah, that'll help us the out. Grooves. Yeah. We need that. We need that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and they've. They've, they've they've done a lot of stuff, like you said. They've toured the mm-hmm. world. They've toured the US. They've done a bunch of TV shows in the UK and the States, mm-hmm. probably elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, VMAs. They've done yeah the what do they call it? MTV Video Music Awards. Yeah. VMAs. If people don't know what that is, um, which was a turning point, I guess, for them at a certain thing. We'll mm-hmm. talk about late, later on. Um, but yeah, they've done a lot, and I haven't really heard of them at all. I think I might have heard the name. Like a lot of these rock bands that go around, indie rock bands, like I kind of, I've heard the name somewhere mm-hmm. at some point and it's like in my head, but I don't know like the songs or. Yeah, just not like, intimately familiar. Yeah. And I did a very messed up thing that Jesse knows about, but we were supposed to record this episode last week. You sent me Young the Giant and I was listening to Young the Giant albums whilst researching There Might Be Giants. <sighs> so I was like reading interviews of that from there might be they might be giants whilst listening to <laughs> young the giant so confusing that was very confusing for me because i was like this, it, it didn't like it something seemed to make clicking. sense something something was like, <laughs> actually everything clicked it was all fine i didn't notice until we got to the studio that i like fucked up jesus <laughs> louise but uh yeah anyway. so we didn't record that episode that yeah, yeah, no. last week but anyway, young, uh, they might be giants have an interesting story. So I'll say that. But um, Future episode. Yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, though, I'm, I, I'm glad this week I got my research correct. And I'm excited to talk about mm-hmm. some of the things we found out about this group. But uh, time for a track. Yes, play. So we're going to yeah. play something we have loaded up from uh, one of their first releases. Is that right? Uh, yeah. From the debut album, Young the Giant, Cough Syrup, a track you picked out. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much of a story other than this is one of the tracks I was introduced to, Young Mm -hmm. the Giant. And I don't know, I heard on the radio, it was a big track. Um, So these guys kind of came out of the the gates with a strong presence. Um, Let's listen to the track. All right. Rooster Grooves with me, Jay Purcell, and Jesse Quigley. And that was Cough Syrup by Young the Giant from their debut album, Young the Giant, who we're talking about this week. Great cool track. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool track. Catchy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's what they they do really well. Yeah. 
yeah. strong energy, yeah. good melodies, yeah. good lyrics as well. Yeah, yeah. He's always talking about cool stuff and, and putting it in a cool way mm-hmm. um, that's easy, easily digestible, kind of, kind yeah, of you know, yeah. easily understood. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk, talk about Young the Giant. Let's get into the, the early years. Yeah, so formed in Irvine, California, 2004-ish, a little bit before then, I think, mm-hmm. right, as well. Yeah. Um, initially, weren't called Young the Giant. They were called the Jakes, right? Yeah. yeah. So they were just straight up the same band, yeah. and they just at some point changed their name. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. But they were the Jakes. Right. And even before then, um, I had mentioned these guys were friends in middle school and high school, so there was already the love and the bringing of the friends together was yeah. already happening. Yeah. And that was kind of the genesis of what this project ended up coming from. Right. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as I know, they were just, I think they were in, in band and like, I don't know, jazz band or pep band or whatever in high school, they were all involved in music. Mm-hmm. I think I heard one of them talking about like, they were going from middle school to high school, I think, and they didn't want to be, a, be like the, the nerdy band people. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to pick an instrument. I think it was, uh, uh how do you say his name? Pay, pay M. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. Pay M. Um, like they didn't want to, he's the bass player in the band, but the, and right. so that's how he started playing bass. Cause he didn't want to play like a stringed instrument where mm. you have to bring your instruments in or, or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have even told this story cause I don't know it well enough. <laughs> but anyway, they were, they were like cho- kind of choosing their instruments. They were in band, but they wanted to be cool. Right. So these are just kind of the vibes yeah. for context. And I do know how uh, Jacob and Samir met. Um, Jacob is from the UK originally, but he moved, his family moved to the US when he was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And he said his first day of school when he was 12 years old, he met Samir at the same school. Samir invited him to play soccer. Mm-hmm. Jacob said he was very bad at soccer, but he played guitar or something. So they kind of knew each other from that way. But it wasn't until, because Samir was like in a band, covers band at that time. And he said he also kind of volunteered to do sound at like the school, like mm-hmm. for like shows and stuff like that. So there was like a talent show once and Jacob, like I think solo, like went up on stage and was playing some guitar stuff. And Samir was like, oh, he's never seen, you know, like cause Jacob had all the pedals and stuff like that and right. had a certain way. And, you know, he just kind of knew at that point, oh, well, we both like music. We both play music. We should know each other kind of thing. And it's kind of how their relationship started. Nice. Um, two, two of the founding members. There are other founding members, but they were like that's kind of how I know how they met. I don't really know right. about how the other members came to the fold, but it sounds like they were all like school friends, like you said, yeah. and band and stuff like that. Like, I think it was yeah. kind of that scene. Yeah, uh, you know, just young kids, teenagers yeah. figuring out that they love music and then they start doing it. Yeah, basically. So as far as I know, they just started doing like band, mm-hmm. um, like Battle of the Bands. Or acoustic nights, yeah, you know, in their hometown. Yeah, I think they said their first. Well, because they had like two different bands, or some of the other members were in different bands. Mm-hmm. And I think they, when they decided to come together as the Jakes, they said initially it was a joke. Like uh, the name is like an acronym, apparently, of everyone that was in the band. Mm. Um, and Jacob said it was just basically a joke. They weren't really taking it seriously. I mean, you know, they're teenagers in high school, you know, they're right. playing covers, but they like did a few of their own original things. But yeah, they played a battle of the bands, which is their first ever show. And they said they ended up winning it. <laughs> so, nice. And he said that was like the kind of catalyst for them to like play more shows in the local area and, and just kind of continue. And it's kind of interesting. It's like they said that everything even up until now has just snowballed from that moment. Mm-hmm. It was just like a natural progression. It was like started as a joke to like them taking music more seriously and still not really like, I don't think like the the the, the fame or the celebrity part of it, but like the music itself like mm-hmm. is a theme I think we'll probably t- end up talking more about in this episode. But like, I think that was the one that's, thing that struck, struck me, you know, from the fact of being teenagers joking around to actually being like, oh, we have cool stuff here and people are liking it. People are responding to it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They kind of re- seem to recognize that at a really young age, it seems like to me. Yeah, right? yeah. Every, everything yeah. seemed to progress pretty naturally. Yeah. Nothing yeah. seemed forced. No. Um, you know, or, or like contrived yeah. or derivative. It just, they were meant to be Young the Giant. 
right you know and so all this yeah. lined up for them yeah um because just because they loved music i think and then that, that's that's what they were going towards and that's what they manifested basically yeah, yeah. and when it all comes down to it so they're in high school yeah they're playing music mm-hmm. um and so yeah they kind of have this band but at at the time of graduation for high school, they, they end up splitting up, not, not the band splitting up, but they all go to different colleges. Right. Yeah. So they all kind of separate a little bit. Yeah. And I think they stay together and they're still friends and everything, but they're doing different things. Yeah. I know the only thing I know is Samir dropped out of, um, he ended up, he eventually dropped out of Stanford university. Right. Yeah. Um, to, to continue with young, the giant. I think Jake did as well. I think he said he was in, 19 when he was at university and he I mean, left I, or something. To, yeah, I think yeah. I think they all yeah basically dropped out of their respective colleges because they recorded like a couple of early EPs um, that aren't really officially part of the Young the Giants discography at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one called Shake My Hand and one called This Is dot 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 the Jakes. This is <laughs> the Jakes. Um, I found a Dropbox. With this EP, do you want to do you want to hear a snippet of this one track? Give me a snippet. I don't, I don't know what Quick we snip. don't know what we're getting into right now. Let's explore. Um, and let's see. That's enough. Wow. <laughs> I was thinking uh, something was going to be a lot more rougher about that. but uh, Yeah, very clean. Uh, that was crazy. That was good. You want to listen to the whole song? Well, we'll I think we have different ideas link. of what a snippet is. Uh, I was just trying to get to the first chorus and then duck it out. Then oh, I thought that there. was the chorus. It, uh, well, uh, I think it was leading up. It we'll was never like a pre, know. Pre-chorus. There's a chorus. Pre-chorus. <laughs> I don't know. It's catchy though anyway. But that was, so, it sounded yeah. generally well produced that's cool what you're gonna say from this is the jakes nice um and that's kind of a i don't know if it's an e says it's an ep it's like nine tracks though so and there's like a long ep another one shake my hand that is uh seven tracks but yeah this is the stuff they were like putting out whilst they were like um you know high school starting college university uh, playing a lot of local shows, right? Doing that scene, and uh, and I was kind of—it's like it's hard for me to pinpoint, like in this research, like what what was what was a pivotal moment? Like why did they drop out of college, kind of thing? Because it seemed like they right. weren't particularly maybe making too much money at that stage, but like, yeah, they, I'm not yeah, sure yeah, about yeah. that. But there was a lot of interest from like listeners, I guess, or something like that. Like, yeah, well, I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so they drop out of college mm-hmm. and then I don't know. So, I mean, even just in, in the high school years and into college, maybe they were all in the this, there was kind of a post hardcore scene. Mm-hmm. I just want to paint this picture before we pass up this point in the narrative. Mm-hmm. And I think they were all in kind of other post hardcore bands. Okay. And so locally in Irvine, there was there was already this kind of scene happening. And mm-hmm. it's the same scene where Rage Against the Machine came out of mm-hmm. um, band called Thrice. Right, and those are two rages. Obviously, obviously huge, and thrice is huge, but a not. different time period. Right, these guys are after, like the young, the giant, uh, after Rage Against the Machine, coming out of that scene. I mean, the yeah, scene yeah. existed with Rage Against the Machine and Thrice, and uh, Young the Giant yeah. was teenagers. Right. Okay. And so they were uh, in this scene, and they were in their own post-hardcore bands, okay. um, just participating in creation of music and stuff. Okay. Um, they go to college. This is just as far as I understand. They go to college, still still loving music. 
and then they drop out of college to keep going. I think somewhere in there they got signed is yeah. the, is the thing. That's the 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 point, the catalyst. Right. Yeah, um, to a big label, Roadrunner Records. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was yeah. I think his name was Joe like Chicarelli. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his right. Yeah. Is it Chicarelli or Chicarelli? Look up that. So, uh, you're talking about the the producer. Yeah, but so I think they the story that I understood was the Jakes were playing a show at a local venue. Yeah. And Joe Chicarelli walked in and saw their show and saw what they were doing and uh, like kind of recognized what they were trying to do with their music. Right. With the styling of the the music and how it was alternative and it was anthemic. Is that and and anthemic? Yeah. That's That's a word. (laughs) Thank goodness. As far as I know, I think it's a word. Anthemic. (laughs) And so I don't know if I've ever used that word before. But he liked what they were doing. Yeah. He liked the Jakes. Okay. And so he he was like, yo, I want to work with you guys. Yeah. And so then he did. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in there, I think Joe Chicarelli has some, you know, um, his fellow cohorts in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. He got hooked up somehow. I was like, here's some guys I want to work with. Let's sign these guys. Yeah. And let's let's do this. Yeah. And so, yeah, if people don't know Joe Chicarelli, producer who's worked with The Shins, The Strokes, Saints of Valerie, which I haven't heard of, but... Um, but I think like it kind of helped Young the Giant as a band like being in LA and doing those shows around there because I know they were still like like not playing to anyone. Like I heard Samir say they played the Viper Room, Whiskey a Go Go, mm-hmm. like all these legendary venues, but there was no one there. Like I know, think that would have. Yeah. I think it was the Viper Room. Okay. Now that you yeah, say yeah. that, I think yeah, yeah. that's a famous location down there. Yeah. Venue, and I think Sunset that's where Joe was. Trip. Yeah. 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 I've been down there. I was like gonna see a show. I was like speaking to the. The uh, the la- the lady bouncer outside, and I was like, "Who's playing tonight?" She like reeled off three or four names. I hadn't heard of any of them. I was like, mm-hmm. and it was like fifty bucks to get in. I was like, I don't know if I want to pay that much That's to a high see cover. bands I haven't heard of. Yeah, but it was at a legendary venue, so mm-hmm. I don't know. It's Did maybe you do worth- it? No, I didn't. We- I was like with two other people. I was like, would have been fifty bucks each. And yeah, I don't think they were down for like yeah. do that. I would have if I was by myself. I would be like, yeah, for sure. Like, but um, yeah, I mean, and I think like, you know, those are legendary venues, but I think they've sort of changed like now today. I don't know. It seems like a lot of indie bands still play there though, which is a cool thing. And mm-hmm. if you're in LA, you know, they're mostly going to be like LA based bands, I think. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a few people that come in from elsewhere and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, so Joe Shikarelli saw them there. He yeah. went on to produce their first album, right? Yeah, yeah. they started tracking songs at yeah. Sunset Sound Studios, right in the neighborhood, right? Yeah, and you know, in LA. <clears throat> and then I mean, yeah, basically that's where this first music was coming from. We played yeah. "My Body." Uh, we did the, not play that. We played "Cough Syrup." Right? Oh, we played "Cough Syrup." Yeah, but same project, and same these album, songs yeah. became yeah. that album, right? Their debut, "Young the Giant" album. Yeah, and so I mean, obviously, right before that, they changed their name. Yeah. Up until this point, they were still the Jakes. Right. And they wanted to change their name, I think, just to be more in line with how they felt. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they had a, a couple more members added to the band who weren't there for part of the Jakes history. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to feel like everybody was included on this new right. new birth, like a rebirth kind of thing. Like we're signed now. Yeah. We have a different lineup. We're working with Joe. Right. We got a cool producer. We're making a big album. Let's change the name and update our vibes. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. came up with Young the Giant. Yeah. And I think they wanted to be creative. And instead of having like the in front of the band, like so many other bands, like the Young Giants or something like uh, that. Okay, right. They wanted to be like different. Yeah. And put the the in the middle. And they thought they were being very, very, very creative. Yeah. And it, somewhat. Um, yeah. But they're, I was watching an interview and they were laughing and they were telling the stories where I heard it. And... Like right around the same time, other bands started coming out with a the in the middle. Oh, okay. Like right in the same time period, Foster the People, hmm. Cage the Elephant. Oh, yeah. Um, Florence the Machine. Oh, yeah. Something like that. So there's like, a, it was a weird. I didn't think about this. Hive mind yeah. Yeah, yeah. thing where other bands started coming out with this style of band name. Right. And they were kind of right in the middle, even though they claimed they came up with it themselves. Independently. without. Yeah influence of these other bands doing this i don't think they knew about the other bands doing it right as far as i know the story is it came naturally right yeah 
So cool band name, and now we officially have Young the Giant. Yeah. Their debut album comes out. You know, you know when that dropped? Um, like two thousand, somewhere in two thousand eleven. Ish. Yeah, 2010. 2010 or 11. This Cogs has it at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we already yeah. played that. We talked about it a little bit. Just yeah. very good debut album. Yeah. Good production, good hooks, good songwriting. And they come out, they're really powerful. Yeah, they said they went old school with it where they tried to record it all live. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said they also had to do a lot of chopping. <laughs> so. It's like not, I think it's like that live vibe that we're trying to capture, but they still did a lot of editing to the tracks and overdubs. Yeah, I think like afterwards most kind of live bands who create something live still get edited a lot. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about like some of like the classic like 90s albums, like a lot of Rage Against the Machine stuff, Nirvana, like they were, they were capturing the essence of the song like live, mm-hmm. like playing between each other kind of thing mm-hmm. and then that's what that's the basis of the recording and then they like overdub some things like the um uh is it uh what was the nirvana album Nevermind. Mm-hmm. Like it was recorded that way i think and then obviously the vocals takes the layering and stuff like that and the guitar layering afterwards but like getting that like energy of the song i think between um all the musicians is like something that I think Young and the Giant tried to capture on this album. Right. um, And it's a great way of working, you know, because that's the thing, like no matter what you add or take away kind of thing, it's like, how do you capture that certain energy? It's so so weird. It's hard to to speak about unless you're like intimately familiar with the audio nomenclature and like sound design techniques and stuff. I don't know how to talk about it, but it's so interesting how you can capture live, a live band with that live sound. Yeah. And even though everybody knows their parts and you can go to a click and play it the exact same way, yeah. it doesn't come across as a live sound no. if everyone did their parts individually. Yeah. And I think that's like, you know, I mean, you know, we have this debate about clicks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't like them because for me, it's the antithesis of uh, emotion and vibe. Like, hmm. Because if like, unless you unless you've spent like 10 years playing to a click and you've internalized it and you can forget about it. You can just like, you're there, which is very rare. I think there are not, not many people that are able to do that. Right. <laughs> like, otherwise it's just like, it's there and you're like, and you're conscious about it and you're like trying to stick with it and you're not thinking about the vibe and the emotion. Like you're just trying to think about staying in time. I think like, for me, there's a difference you know? between whether you're, you're like playing music and improvising and figuring it out in the moment. That for me is, yeah, we don't need a click. Yeah. But when you're trying to perform something, mm-hmm. you're trying to just give other people, and that's where you're sharing a performance. It helps the entire band work together to create that. Mm-hmm. Is is that's where I'm coming from with click? Because mm-hmm. it's definitely good sometimes, and it's definitely uh, you know it, harmful. I don't, yeah, for lack of a better word, harmful to the vibe. You know, I think for me, like yeah, at the end of the day, it's just about trying to capture the energy and the emotion and the the feeling you know in a song kind of thing when it's recorded because and that's very hard to do like even though like now we have all of this computer technology that's like makes everything so easy Mm -hmm. but it also makes it doesn't really change trying to capture that um it's for, you know, it's very subjective. It's very hard to describe because it's like, you you know, but it's like the thing about authenticity that a lot of these artists talk about and Young and the Giant talk about as well. is like, you know, if you're not honest and authentic about something, people can tell. Like you can tell as mm-hmm. a musician and the listeners can tell kind of thing. And it's kind of the same with the vibe of the music in the room kind of thing. Like if someone, if two people are off and they're not putting the emotion into it, you can hear it. Versus mm-hmm. like a take where like everyone's just like, yeah you know, locked like, in yeah and it's like I hope people get what I'm saying with this and and you get what I'm saying with this because no, it's totally. like it's not like really tangible yeah thing to talk about it's but esoteric it's, like, it's yeah it's vibey yeah and it's that's why this stuff is cool to talk about and to yeah. explore yeah because it's very powerful yeah. and I don't professionals are still would still say they don't know the answer to some of these questions you know. Yeah. Um, that's why people love music. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking about them today. Young the Giant. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on. I mean, they just, they, they tour after that first album, I believe. Right. 
they just you know they're signed to this big label mm -hmm. they send them out on tour yeah. just do the full band thing yeah and they're living it they're they're like that song was on the radio i mean they had yeah. two or three of those singles were like pretty big and they were on the radio and stuff yeah so they um, were making waves didn't they like i don't know if they started out headlining but they definitely ended up headlining like right whilst they were on that tour for this album mm -hmm. i said they did I heard Samir talk about like the headline circuit or something like that. Yeah, you know, which is crazy. Yeah, for like, for you know, a, yeah, for a new band, this seemingly come out of nowhere. Like <laughs> seemingly come out of nowhere, but that's yeah. one of the cool things is that they didn't come out of nowhere. They were the Jakes before they mm -hmm. were ever Young the Giant. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because if you just know Young the Giant, you're like, oh, they started with this debut album just coming out hot, like real good. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that, and it's like. Wow, that makes them seem even more mysterious and awesome and cool. Yeah. But they put in all the work of years and years before being in different bands and being in the Jakes. Yeah. Like doing small gigs, battle battle the bands, acoustic night yeah. type stuff where they, you know, as they say, cut their teeth. Yeah. And this is a little out of chronology quarter, but I'll say it now because it relates to what exactly what you're saying right now. Is because uh, they were asked about the VMA think performance that they did, which mm. I think was a little later in their career. But a lot of press pundits and all that and uh, say that that was a turning point for them to like becoming bigger as a band because right. you know VMAs is pretty big. It's like a it's exposure to a lot more people kind of thing. And 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 they themselves said they didn't see it that way because yeah they'd been like working at this for years kind of mm -hmm. thing. And so. For them, it was just like, it was another part of the story. It wasn't like something, you know, big. And I think this kind of like leads into their outlook as well. It's like they say they, they don't really look to like success, but they look to the things, the opportunities and things that come their way. They accept it and they make them, they take advantage of it and they do it kind of thing. They didn't say, yeah. they didn't say take advantage. Of it. <laughs> but, you know, they, you know. The opportunity comes their way they're going to put the rule into it I think. no i like, think yeah, take advantage like, is okay to say you're right there's yeah, a yeah. couple of different contexts you could use take that make the most of it you but know? Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah um and yeah and so that was the thing like the vmas and all of these things that happen is like you know yeah they've been grafting for years and years and mm -hmm. years kind of in, a lot of it in obscurity a lot of it in semi-obscurity and now they're getting some recognition kind of thing and they just see it like the snowball thing they talked about early on, it's all snowballed. It's all been a, a natural evolution and progression that's come about because of all of the hard work that they put in. Right. And a lot of that hard work, it seems that they talk about is the touring thing. Like mm -hmm. um, they really, it's another band that is just like, you know, tour, tour, tour. Like, and, you know, when they're asked different questions or even stuff like, you know, how have you been able to stick it out this long or, how are you able to keep writing music? Yeah, remain friends. And remain friends. They they cite touring as a thing because it's like if you're playing the same songs over and over again in multiple cities, you know, night after night and coming back to the same cities and doing it again kind of thing. It's like that they they've talked about this as as them, you know, forming that bond, but also being really getting better as musicians mm -hmm. from doing that. So... This is the crazy thing about touring. It's like this. It's yes, it's hard work, it's little money, maybe bad lodging and bad food and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But you get way better at music, and you start to grow that fan base, and and that's really like, you know, I mean, obviously the music has to be really good to start with, and they have these anthemic tunes, these sing-along tunes that people can like catch their ear on and to like start singing along to kind of yeah. thing, and. You know, if they didn't have that, you know, I still think like hard graft on the road works, but like um, the fact that their music is like this sort of anthemic thing as well is like, it's just oh, complementing each other, right? All of these different aspects sort of thing. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, just, it's, yeah. a, it's a ladder. Yeah. And you can't, no one's ever going to put you on a big Lollapalooza stage or something if you don't have a song to play. Right. If you have no music. So it's just you have to start with good music. Yeah. It's that's where it always starts if you want to do anything in the music industry. Yeah. Something that people can connect to. Yeah. And then you can go on to the next level. And that's like touring for a lot of bands. Like for the first time going on big tours throughout the year and presenting their music and sharing it to the world. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard work from yeah. what we learn on this podcast. Yeah. And but it seems very worthwhile. Yeah. Um, like you said, you benefit yourself. 
and the others around you. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I love that yeah. take that you just dropped on us, Jake. Yeah, I know. It's one, one of the things I get. It's funny when you do research, like, because I'm like, you consuming different things. Mm-hmm. But even though you're consuming different things from different years, that they've said, there's like, you, there's like recurring themes that these artists talk about, mm-hmm. which is really interesting to me. And it's like, I think trying to like distill those because that's like seems to yeah. be where they're at. Like yeah. if they keep mentioning these things over the years, it's like that's got to be the thing that like one know, of the consistent yeah, things yeah. that they find, and yeah. we could use that. Yeah. We could take advantage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they're killing it. So then um, their second, they start working on their second full length album in the summer of 2013. Yeah. Um, and a different producer is on this one guy named Justin Meldahl Johnson. Hope yeah. I'm pronouncing that right as always. Right. Um, they were working on an album called Home, Home of the Strange. Is that right? Uh, or, oh no, that Mind is, Over Matter. Yeah, was I skipped the that one. Album. The second yeah. album, Mind Over Matter. My yeah. bad, everybody. Yeah. And that dropped in 2013 or 2014. Uh, 20. One of those. 14. Yeah. So, different label. So I'm not sure what happened there. Why did Why did Roadrunner Records not release this? I don't know. I don't story know behind this. I didn't get the story either. Yeah. If you guys know or know a little tidbit, let us know. It but, said um, it was released by Fueled by Ramen, which is a great title for anything. Yeah. Fueled by Ramen. <laughs> that should have been their band name or, yeah, yeah. or their album title. Yeah. Um, but Mind Over Matter comes out, basically. Yeah. And I think they really hit a home run with this. Yeah. They had a big song called Mind Over Matters on there. Um, what else did they have on there? I don't have my notes, so I won't go into it. Well, uh, it was funny because like they'd done so much touring. I mean, it's four years since the first album, so it was a lot right. of years of touring. And they said when they got off tour, the label was like, "Oh, do you have an album?" And they were like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't written anything. We've just been touring." Oh no, that's right. And they're yeah. like, "So you guys got some material, right? Yeah. Where is it? Let's hear it." So, I don't know what label because it's I don't know why it was released on a different label. So that's you know, did the, the they drop them? They were like, "You haven't written any material. We just sent you on the road for four years." What do you mean you yeah, haven't what have you been doing? Exactly. <laughs> um, so they had that sort of like, oh, you know, okay, second album. Oh, yeah, trauma. we have to keep writing music. Yeah. And it's funny, I think that was a good lesson for them because they've said since then uh, they've made a point to continue writing music continuously. He's kind of added that to the routine of yeah, tour. Yeah, even if on they're on the road, they make a point to be like generating new ideas, even if they're not finished, you know, just like you know, demo, record it on your phone. I don't know if they mm. do this specifically, but I'm imagining they do now just to like get ideas down and stuff like that. Right. Um, and, but yeah, so I think the way they sort of talked about the first three albums is like the first one, they said they were just trying to tell their own story, their own narrative. Um, Cause they're an American band, but they have a lot of um, like the immigrant story, you know. Right, the um, different world perspective. Yeah, I think at least, what, two or three of the members have Indian heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, Jacob uh, is from the UK, but still technically an immigrant, right? You know, like yeah. into the States. Um, so they said the first album was really like trying to tell their own story and their own narrative, but they didn't know how it was going to be received because they didn't really have like that big, large listener base, mm-hmm. you know. And they said the second album was more about them just trying to get the second album done, like then the process of that. And then by the time they went to their third album, they said that they know now that they have like listeners out there and how what they say will be like how it will resonate with their audience. Like people are listening at this point, they know it. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, it was really. I know we're not at the third album yet, but I thought that was like an interesting like sort of take mm-hmm. on how they were putting stuff out. But Mind Over Matter for me was like, yeah, certified banger of an album, I think. like, Yes, yeah, it's, it's very strong. It's really strong from beginning to end. It's clean production, yeah. a lot going on, just really deep production. Yeah. Good melodies, good hooks, yeah. good songwriting yeah, in yeah. general. It's yeah. just, it's it really is. Yeah. A banger of an album. Definitely, yeah. We, let's, let's get into it. Let's play a track off it. Yeah. Anagram? It's a, okay. Anagram. Anagram. Or do you want to play Eros? I, I go here. Let's go Eros. All right. I don't know how to say it either. E- not Euro. Not Gyros. Uh, not a Euro. Oh, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Eros? Okay. Why won't you call me? Just give me your mouth. Won't you be straight with me? 
that was Eros from Young the Giant from their 2014 album, Mind Over Matter. Yeah, um, Eros, apparently the Greek god of erotic love. There you go. Yeah. I knew it was a Greek god of some kind, but I didn't know. Yeah. Well, then now we know. Greek god of love. Erotic love. Oh, er- erotic love. <laughs> okay. Stop giving me those eyes, man. You're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> um, yeah, and... Uh, Justin, the producer, what was his, well, he has a lot complicated uh, last name. Meldol Johnson. Okay. I haven't really heard of him, but I heard uh, the guys talking about working with him and saying how it was like the guys from Young the Giant had all these ideas, like about, you know, um, how they wanted certain things to sound, mm-hmm. um, but didn't know how to do it. And Justin was like, oh yeah, you just you just slap a plate reverb on here and it's oh. delay and all that kind of thing. And he like kind of knew how to do it. And, I think that was really good that they were able to explain what they wanted and he knew what they wanted and knew how to do it. And mm-hmm. Also showed them as well. He wasn't like keep guarding this stuff as like trade secrets. He yeah, was, like gatekeeping he, like, yeah. let's step out the studio while I put this reverb exactly, on. Exactly, like, yeah. He was, they were actually there and witnessing like the plugins he was using and stuff like that. They mentioned stuff like Bit Crusher as well. I, I don't even, still don't even know what a Bit Crusher does, but they mentioned it as being like a cool thing. I think it just makes like, stuff sound worse. You know, it's like shitty. Does it? Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't know. I don't, I'm just kind of joking, but I think yeah. Yeah. I have an error of what it, it does. It's like a digital compression. Something yeah. like that. It's like or literally it's, crushing. It sounds like bits. it's on tape. Oh, okay. So it gives it kind of, I don't yeah. know, something like that though. It yeah, gives yeah. it like a little bit of a different right. yeah, yeah. contextual yeah. or texture, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like I said, don't really know what I'm talking about as far as that last few sentences go. <laughs> just, I'm just going off a feeling, you guys. But I think uh, I wanted to play that track because it's a really good example of the production and the intricacy yeah. and the how delicate it is. Yeah. Like there's just like a little little synth jabs in there tucked away. Yeah. You know, guitar yeah. parts on either end of the spectrum. Um, not playing a lot sometimes, but really sparsely, yeah. but all working in conjunction with each other. Yeah. And I, I love it. Yeah, definitely. So very yeah. cool. Um, let's let's move on though. Then their next album's Home of the Strange. Right. As far as I know, they just kind of keep going with this touring cycle. Yeah. And they're just really being a really great band. Yeah. Having a good album, touring, mm-hmm. doing the press. Yeah. Um, and they just keep building what they're building and exploring. Yeah. And, uh, that's what they I think is cool. It's not like they're not doing a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't have a lot of features on yeah. their music. They don't go on other people's albums a lot. Yeah. They're just really like in-house building something great. Yeah. Um, but while they go along the way, they're exploring and they're, I feel like they're on an adventure, like discovering who they are yeah. and what their, their purpose is and what the, the point of them being in a band is. Yeah. So I think it's really cool. And literally in-house as well, because I don't know if we said this, but like, I think the first three, definitely the first two albums, maybe the third album, they're all, they all live together in a house, in several houses around um, California, L.A., um, and that they sort of cited that as being really important in their early years to sort of get on the same page, like musically and with each other kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're also asked those, you know, is that hard to like, you know, there's the whole concept of not taking work home kind of thing. And, uh, you know, Samir was like, well, you know, being in a band anyway is not a normal job. You know, you kind of, if you're in that, that's kind of your lifestyle. That's how you live anyway, you know. Right. Um and but he said it was it was kind of challenging at times for them because there's no off switch right you know it's like they they literally could go into the studio at 2 a.m and lay something down if they wanted to mm-hmm. but um but sometimes they weren't feeling it kind of thing um but all of that said obviously there's pros and cons to doing that and i think as they've gotten older you know they're like you know and old yeah older was like we don't need to live together and we're not college years anymore yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> They have girlfriends and some of them, I think, have wives now and that. You, you don't know. want to share bunks with me Exactly, anymore? yeah, yeah. You don't want to clean the toilet? Because yeah. this your turn. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, but being in the houses and I think even if they don't live together now, they still kind of make a purpose of, uh, like, I think they've even built a studio in a house and it's a place now where any band member can go to at any time and lay down ideas is the way they've said it that's great yeah that's an amazing space yeah and uh but they've moved they've lived in different places and one of them was like more secluded i think than the others and they said they like really isolated themselves i think for the this third album 
Whereas basically they said they didn't see anyone other than family and loved ones or anyone that would come to the house and visit them because mm -hmm. the house was kind of like far away from anything else kind of thing. Right. Um, um, but that's like the environment that they've had to sort of try and, or not had to, but they've ended up creating for themselves in order to make this music. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, it definitely works. I feel like I can really hear it in the in the music, the way it all gels together kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like it seems very, um, like it comes from an honest place, not like, you know, oh, Joe's in here today and he's going to like overdub his, record, his guitar yeah. parts, you know, it's like, Sorry, there's no Joe in the band, but I'm just, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting No, 100%. Thing. Yeah. I think um, it, it, it's, it's very valuable, like taking the yeah. time to create that space yeah. for your creativity instead yeah. of, you know, just dealing with what you have. Like if you're able to create a space that's separate and isolated, yeah. it could be invaluable for your creation. Yes, basically, yeah, I think uh, Jacob said that um, about the, the need to create that environment for yourself to to write music. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's almost necessary. Yeah, It could be anything, though. It could be a cabin. Yeah. It could be your apartment. Whatever works. Whatever works, but yeah. having that, that space that's dedicated, yeah. you know, whatever works for you works. Yeah, because they're, they're like, he said that, um, you know, there are times where the songwriting flows and it flows and it's good, you know. And there are times when it doesn't. And he said, you know, if you're tired or not inspired and you're trying to make something, he said it's like, it's, it's the perfect time to not do it. Like, mm -hmm. uh, don't, he said, if you're trying to force something and chase for something, then it's not going to happen kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Basically, you kind of have to, it has to be like naturally working or don't try. Because otherwise I think his perspective is that you're, then you're just kind of, forcing things and mm -hmm. you know it's too i guess you get too in your head he didn't say this but i'm sort of extrapolating that kind of thought out of this as well if you're trying too hard then you're less in the flow and you're more analytical right. about what you're trying to do and and that lines so, up with yeah with uh kind of mindset stuff like manifestation you know spiritual people talk about like if you you're trying to attract something into your life mm -hmm. you don't want to just completely focus on it like you want to, like if you think too much about something, it's going to be harder to, to get. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we forgot to say that about the Mind Over Matter album as well, like the title. I think they were oh, asked about that. Yeah. You know? And I think uh, the way they said that is that they were trying, they were thinking too much and uh, about, because also another part of this as well, they said they like to try and evolve like they don't want to do the same thing from album to album. Right. There's, tr there's sort of trying to do a lot of different things. They're trying to be ex evolve, experiment, not be the same, but they're also trying to like, you know, be authentic about it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and trying to strive for a unique sound. I think Samir said like they want to, they want to get to a point where you hear their music and it's like, oh, it's young, the giant. It doesn't mm -hmm. sound like, any other band it's like definitely them kind of thing yeah right? um, but at the same time you know while striving for these things i think you can get stuck in like a headspace that's not really working and and that's why they came up with mind over matter as a title because it was out of all the titles they had it stuck because they were it's like yeah that's really what we have to do we have to mm -hmm. try to break through any sort of blocks mental notions that we're putting in place and totally really get through that so it all starts up here yeah ideas but then you have to like translate that into feel make it feeling that, and <laughs> that, that's where the human part comes human, in because yeah you know yeah. where you can be as spiritual as you want and you could live in that spiritual world but i think it's like we're humans right now and we can affect change and help other humans yeah. right now with our bodies and and sometimes you got to be have a strong mind to control your body and have control over that personal agency how you want to use your energy and where you want to put that energy yeah so i mean good stuff and yeah. i think these guys they think about this stuff you know i mean obviously yeah. in the you know title of their album mind over matter like they're obviously thinking about this stuff looking into themselves and being like who am i what should i do and why are we doing this yeah so it's a very cool group yeah definitely again yeah so home of the strange comes out and like you said 
they're they're kind of coming into themselves as songwriters and like what's our place what's our statement what are we talking about yeah. as far as the lyrics and vibe of the music goes yeah and so also on this album you can tell from the the album cover there's like some mountains right in the middle and there's like some people all around with like different flags i think they're fake flags just for the art but um yeah. it, it's just very reminiscent that they're looking around and all these different people in this album cover are from different places and i'm not sure exactly what it represents as far as the mountains go mm. um but it does it does get across the idea that they're exploring something with different culture or perspective yeah yeah i think i think i think it lines up yeah i think maybe that's just me no yeah they were they were saying um apparently as well that they, they kind of sensed like a tension and like student um campuses like when they were playing shows and that like that which i'm not exactly sure what they meant by that but like i think like racial tensions or like i think it was a strange period like this came out what 2016 that was like that's right right when trump got elected was it 2016 that's true yeah. that's true um and yeah i think they were just you know and, and also like i said it's the third album and they realize they have uh, like an audience now kind of thing mm -hmm. and they wanted to uh emphasize where they're coming from like that their immigrant story kind of thing and and all what all of that entails right being in america as well and being an american band and i think like lyrically that was like thematically what they were trying to sort of explore mm -hmm. in that um yeah right and they I th they said it was interesting because like when they've played shows like they said some of the most conservative states in america uh the the audiences received their music the best like they would mm. they would think it would be the other way around but like they they they've noticed that that in some of those like more yeah conservative states is where people are like more engaged in the music and singing along sort of thing interesting and their theory on that was like well maybe because you know this this is a group of like-minded people that like our music and they're not being heard by anyone else so it's kind mm -hmm. of like a mutual sort of exchange of like those ideas i guess going to see for those people going to see a young the giant show and sharing in that mm -hmm. perspective like lyrically and sing because yeah they're so anthemic that it's like it's really easy to sing along to like their tracks even if you want to or not like you know yeah. you'll be like everyone else is there doing it you'll be like yeah like, it's it's catchy there. their yeah, music's yeah. vibey and it, it yeah. brings people together yeah yeah 100 so but yeah, they're, yeah so they're truly offering their perspective as people like they're really like okay we're young the giant here's where we come from here's our true story yeah, yeah. um and we opened up this podcast with a track called something to believe in yeah and that's the second track off of this album right yeah. um, so absolute banger of a track yeah. it was huge it was on the radio and stuff yeah very good and all right let me see i have a couple notes on this yeah, their, their perspective, their story, their American identity. And it's just a, a good collection of songs that, yeah, ruminates on the group's um, immigrant history. Right. So, I mean, you basically yeah. already touched on all of that. So, but very good album. Yeah, yeah. Again, they keep doing again. it. Again. So then, again, more touring, more writing. Yes. Mirror Master comes out. Yeah. And so this is another good album. I mean, I really... it. it as I was going through listening to all this stuff the past, I had two weeks to listen to it because we didn't do that <laughs> episode that one day. Yeah. I've been listening to They Might Be Giants for two yeah. weeks now. I'm just uh, But to, this Mirror Master came out in 2018. And it's, uh, I think this is a great morning time album. Really? Yeah. I started listening to it in the morning and it's just, it's perfect for the morning time. You know, this is like the only album that I didn't listen to. <laughs> In my two weeks of listening, I listened to everything else, but I didn't uh, get to this album yet. So, well, it is, yeah. it's a little bit more low key from their first three albums, I would think. Like okay. the production value is still very high. The songwriting is still very high. The, the musicianship is there. Yeah. Um, but the style is a little bit, it's a little bit more subdued and indie rather than anthetic and like mm. heavy guitars mm -hmm. and huge, you know, climax songs. Cool. It's yeah. a little bit more chill. Yeah. And that's why I think it's really good for the morning. Just really beautiful. Yeah. Um, all the way through. Yeah. I do highly recommend it. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's basically all I got on it. I think it's really good, though. Yeah. Let's um, just keep moving on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a track from that, but we might end oh, on that's that one. Right. 
superposition, but we might play out on that one. Like, I know. Ah, now I, I'm confused, which <laughs> we do. We'll play out on that. Let's just, let's wrap this bad boy up. Yeah. Um, but that's a great album. Mm-hmm. And then the only thing that we have to talk about is their, their final album that came out in 2022. Is that mm-hmm. right? It just dropped. Yeah. Act one and two. Um, I don't know much about it other than it being out. Yeah, like, like you said, was it two EPs or they released them? I think that's, one and two, as far right? as I understand, they released yeah. Act 1, which is like four songs, and then Act 2 mm-hmm. they released separately as like another four-track EP. Right. And then they combined those together. I think they went into this project for this last album, Act 1 and 2, knowing how they wanted to organize that. Right. I don't think it was like by chance. They just made four songs and four songs and said, let's stick them together. I did it purposefully. I think they did it purposefully, yeah. okay. which yeah. is a cool way to release. Yeah. yeah. Um, it seems a little bit unique to me, at least. Well, I know a long time ago we talked about that band, Dirty Projectors, mm-hmm. and they had a whole lineup change. And then for their new releases, they I think there were like four members and they released four different EPs that were like kind of like the perspective of each member. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like sort of different, like music. And one of them was like more Brazilian sounding or something. The same songs though? Different songs. Yeah. Okay. So, but I think, but they were like more, the way they released them, it was like kind of from the perspective of that member. So it's not only just a way of them like introducing new band members, but like a new direction and a new perspective. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing one album, they did like four EPs and then they're going to come out with an album, I think, you know. Um, but it's a very that is cool purposeful way of um, releasing music and thinking about narrative and thinking about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing it, yeah. putting these releases out and sharing the music with intention. Yeah, not just I made this. There it is, and that's something Young the Giant talk about a lot, or at least Samir does. Narrative. Like I've heard him say that, mm-hmm. drop that word multiple times over multiple interviews. Narrative <laughs> mm-hmm. and their story. You know and the narrative of their story that's like a recurring theme that they talk about kind of thing. right so it's very present um same with like, us that's yeah. why we, we respect narrative here on yeah, roots yeah. to grooves podcast yeah. Yeah. you know what i mean i think that's one of the reasons i think young of the giants a great roots to grooves you know pick yeah, yeah. for the for that, it just yeah. really lines up with our our mindset mm-hmm. and and perspective and they really respect the same things we respect yeah so yeah very cool act yeah. one and two is very good it's I'm I'm less familiar with this album. Mm-hmm. So I still have to give it some more listens to really understand it. Yeah. Kind of like you were saying earlier. Yeah. Um it does seem a little less anthemic, a little bit more mm-hmm. again, kind of chill. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really have a strong vibe in, in a way to characterize it to or to us in this conversation today. Yeah. But I think it's a very high quality music. It's still definitely solid. I think like even though they talk about evolving and doing different things from album to album, and sometimes they've even talked about pulling from five or ten different genres, mm-hmm. like because they're all listening to different types of music and bringing that to the table. Right. Still, even though they say all that stuff, it still sounds like solid. Like you know, like we say usually, like oh, we start with this album. You know, it's like a listening tip. Yeah. But I really feel like with them, you know, well. I would say definitely check out Mind Over Matter. <laughs> that, that, that's your album. But uh, but really any album, uh, you know, I think the more anthemic ones are on the first two and then mm-hmm. le- less on the last two. Agree, agree. But um, but still it sounds it's like they're not straying any, it, any further or outside right. of their realm. It's of, not a complete switch up no, in any way. No, no. It's, it yeah. still sounds like Young the Giant. Yeah. And that's what's impressive about it. Yeah. And so that's that's that consistency is great because yeah. they're doing something a little bit different, but with their same heart, right, and yeah, soul. Yeah. And I, I have like one more interesting thing I wanted to say that I found out about the songwriting process that they were talking about. Um, apparently, they all uh, really like Tom Petty. Like, mm-hmm. there's a big influence on them. I don't know too much about him, unfortunately. I know he's massive. I know he's very influential, but I haven't really heard much of his music. Mm-hmm haven't really sort of come up listening to music from the, the Tom Petty angle kind of thing. Yeah, but one thing that they observed about him was that he, it, well, after they sort of analyzed his music, you know, playing covers and figuring it out, is that he has some very, like, 
big memorable songs but they're actually really simple he said that he'll use like three or four chords and like that's it simple arrangements um, but the one key thing that they took away from him is his use of melody so even though he's only using three or four chords he's using melody to like string all of that together kind of thing mm -hmm. um and I think that's something that they seem to have really, I think that's how they're being so anthemic because I think they're sort of taking that notion of like the chords don't have to be crazy. They can be simple. Mm -hmm. And they said like sometimes, Samir even said this, like sometimes arrangements can be a mathematical problem mm -hmm. <laughs> or an issue. But like the, some of the best songs have the most simple arrangements. Mm -hmm. And it's about, it's about keeping things simple restraint is what they said it's like sometimes the hardest thing is to use restraint in songwriting for them um but yeah that I, that really in, resonated with me in an interesting way is like okay yeah because we only have so many chords in the world but if you can string some a unique melody over the top of it that's what really gives it like a song a unique kind of um thing it's you know, oh, 100%. And all that, yeah. And a lot of people yeah. say the vocals are, I mean, such a, a varied instrument. Mm -hmm. Like you can make vocals sound all kinds of different ways, obviously. Yeah. And I don't know, I haven't said, but Samir has a really great voice. He does. You know, yeah. you know it's very strong, but it's very tender. Yeah. Or it can be at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's pretty dynamic, a nice dynamic range. And he does go up pretty high and he goes pretty low. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So he's really expressive and yeah. it's really good. And the melodies he he's using are really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it that's the best way to say it. it's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It reminded me. I don't know if you've heard of this band, Elbow. I think I mentioned them a few times, but no, maybe you did. Maybe I, I feel that. Yeah, might be a good pick at some point because it reminded me the guy Garvey. Guy Garvey is the singer from Elbow. Samir reminds me a little bit of his voice kind of thing. Nice. So, I think I might I might listen to a few tracks and see if it's a, an artist that we should cover because I think. If you like Young the Giant, Elbow's like a different kind of like like kind of different music. It's still indie alternative, but they're a lot more um, spacious in their music. Elbow like a lot mm -hmm. more calm and down tempo and melodic kind of sort of music. But anyway, okay, I got that. I got those vibes just listening to Young the Giant and his vocals. Some of his vocals reminded me of Elbow. So. Yeah. Nice. I don't know yeah. anything about yeah. Elbow, but yeah. I, ha I have two of them. Yeah, hopefully. That's all I know. Ho hopefully by the end of the day. <laughs> but that's that's Young the Giant, y'all. Yeah. That's all I got on them. We got anything else? That's all I had. That's all I got. Yeah. Very cool band. You heard Jay. Start with Mirror Master. <laughs> that's not what I said. I thought that's what you said. Mind over matter. Oh, no. Okay, you're right. Mind over <laughs> The, the M's, the M's and the alliteration. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, totally. Totally. Mind yeah, over matter. No. That's what I meant to say. I mean, uh, yeah, literally, the first albums are really good as well. Mm -hmm. like, I was listening to the remastered version. I'm not really sure what the difference is in that other than did they tweak the mix or I something? Just, I don't know. But like, yeah, um, just a re, yeah, yeah. maybe a little, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It's kind of annoying when they do that. And also in the age of streaming, it's like, why? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they don't because they don't release it as a new album. They yeah. they just change the album that was released ten years ago. Yeah. They like remaster it. And then they sometimes they put they'll put like extra tracks on. I think there's like a third version of there's like three versions of their debut album. Like one's remastered, one's the original, and then one is a special edition that has extra tracks i think nice. so it's right on confusing well if you guys can help us not be confused about young the giant uh you got tips tricks advice for life or mindset let us know you can hit us up at the email jay's got it for us roots to grooves at signalradio.com s-i-g-n-l radio.com
Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.